Hey yo, welcome back to Beyond the Diamond. We are your hosts, Colby Rush and Hunter Broadman. Remember to follow us on Insta at Beyond the Diamond Podcast and Twitter at Beyond the Dia Pod. Let's get right into today's show. How's it going, guys? Uh, back for Beyond the Diamond, another episode coming at you, episode 18. Um, Road to Omaha has begun. Hunter out again, so we got two replacements this time, even better than one. Nick Calabrese of Fairfield University and Ryan Sporden of Texas Christian University. What's going on, guys? Great. Doing well. How about you? Good. Yeah, Ryan, how's it going? Pretty here. Can't Good. complain. Yeah. No complaints at all. Thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. Same Absolutely. Here. Thank you. Um, so as I said, they both they both got teams in the tournament too. So we got all three teams represented today. But let's first start with the national seeds. So number one national seed, Arkansas, they won 13-8 over NJIT Friday afternoon. Um, they were down 3-2 coming into the fourth inning. Kevin, or it was 2-2. Kevin Cobbs came in when it was 3-2, two outs. Um, he just, you know, came a batter on three pitches because that's what he does. And um, then the Arkansas bats decided to, hey, you know, we should probably play this game. And scored yeah, nine runs. Bit, yeah. yeah, scored nine runs, 11 batters. Uh, they batted around very easily. And from there, it was just a bloodbath. NJIT, you know, tried to make a late comeback. Wasn't going to work. Kevin Cobbs with the win. Surprise. Um, so what's your thoughts, guys? Yeah, I thought, um, you know, coming into it, you know, NJIT obviously looked like, you know, at the start, they, you know, were up 3 nothing. Looked like, you know, they might have been able to keep it a close game. They were right in it. And then, you know, the just the power of Arkansas took over. Um, I think one of the huge plays in that game, I think it was when it was, it was when cops had just come in, but I think with two outs and Christian Franklin made a diving play um, in center field, which was a huge play because that would have saved one or possibly two runs. And that really gave Arkansas the life um, they needed. And then they came up and then just started mashing. I think Franklin even went deep on that next half inning. So I, I thought that was just a huge momentum swing. And then, you know, just Arkansas and the bats took over. Yeah, uh, and even that, I mean, Arkansas, again, they weren't done any favors. They have a tough, tough region that they're in, right? They're NGIT. They they won their conference, and Arkansas, I mean, off to, after a slow start, they really got things going after that. Cops was just, I mean, just unbelievable what he can do. It's crazy what kind of stuff that he has. So, I mean, I ain't got too much to say about that. It just Arkansas, they really did prove why they're, you know, why they're the winners, their region, they're great team. And yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't No, So I heard this day yesterday during the broadcast, no national number one seed has ever won the college world series since 2001 with Miami one. I'd say Arkansas has a chance to, you know, I think they have that. a great chance to do that. I, yeah, I, they were unbeatable all year. I know during the broadcast, they were saying, oh, they've never been tested. Well, they were tested for a few innings and decided yeah, that's enough testing. Let's just, you know, destroy them too, like we do everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, but Cobbs, so his line was two and a third, zero hits, zero runs, 1K win. He only threw 24 pitches over the two and the thirds, which is big because Arkansas shown they'll use him in any situation. Three, three innings save, four innings save, middle three innings, anything. He's the starter even. He started a few games. He was 10 and 0 this year. Um, so him only throwing you 24 have pitches is big. When you have a guy that can be that diverse and do so many things for you, I mean, just, I mean, you can start him. You can, like what you were saying, you can do just about anything. You can put him anywhere in any situation and he dominates wherever, whenever he is. So 
it's he's going to be a big piece for Arkansas the rest of the way for sure. Yeah, I, he kind of reminds me of uh, 2016 Andrew Miller for the Indians, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, number two seed, national seed, Texas, 11-0 win over Southern. Um, Tristan Stevens went seven innings, four hits, zero runs, six Ks in the win. Pretty dominant win all around, I'd say. Uh, they'll face ASU, who won a, on a walk-off over Fairfield last night in the 1-0 game to see who gets a spot in the championship tomorrow night. Pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Texas just showed in that region, you know, they're the heavy favorite. They just, you know, do their thing and take care of business. They should move on um, to the super as I don't really see anyone who can really, you know, test them. I think, you know, they just do what they've been doing. They can move on. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Texas, I mean, again, not too much to say about this game. They dominated the entire way. Texas is a team that can hang with just about anybody in the country. Um, I mean, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be in it for the long haul. I'm pretty sure. And it pains me to say that as a horned frog myself, but Texas, they are, they're going to be good. They're going to, they could go a long way. And I think actually their early exit in the big 12 championship tournament, I think that was big because that could all their starters rested, gives them Mm -hmm. basically a week and a half off before a big push for 20 days or so. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Number three, national seed, Tennessee. Wow. This was, this was quite the game guys. Uh, They ended up winning. 9-8 9-8 over Wright State, who many say is the best four seed since uh, I believe it was Florida won as a four seed overall, uh, or a four seed. Uh, Drew Gilbert, he just did what, uh, you know, you dream of as a seven-year-old in the backyard playing wolf ball. Walk-off grand slam, down three runs, bottom the ninth. He goes, guys, allow me to do this. It's a ball probably 6,000 feet. It never came down. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll now face Liberty in what should be a great game too because Liberty, you know, they did their business against a red-hot Duke. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what an ending in Knoxville. I mean, just, I mean, it just shows, you know, the atmosphere is great and then, you know, to hit that homer. I mean, in the way it, I think it was, he had a, he had a great reaction. He just <laughs> very slow um, walked to first base and kind of just pimped pimped it um but yeah I mean that's a huge win and then I mean Wright State today you know in an elimination game they're down you know it's just Tennessee I think you know it'd be interesting to see how can they you know build off of that win you know come from behind um how can they use that and bring that into today where they have you know a Liberty team that is hot you know the bats are hot as we saw yesterday um you know where they mashed against Duke yeah yeah, and I, I was just, I mean, I was just pulled up the video of that Tennessee walk-off right there. And from the stands, that just, I mean, what an atmosphere. That's insane. I mean, and like what you said, Colby, that's every kid's dream right there. I mean, we all, you know, we've all been in that situation. You know, you're playing, you just dream about that three, down three, walk-off grand slam. I mean, that's, it's unbelievable what, I mean, that kind of thing that what college baseball can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tennessee, they're, that's going to be tough. I mean, they're, they're going to be a tough out the entire way. And uh, I think they proved, I mean, they, even though they, you know, were kind of in it, they really hadn't had to rely on a walk-off there. They can hang. They can do yeah, it. they had to rely on a walk-off, but they also mm-hmm. had dealt a tough region. So I, they were dealt a very I don't hate it. Place. I like, I like the clutchness in uh, Drew Gilbert, who many don't want in that situation because he's been known to swing for the fences only. So he's mm-hmm. a big strikeout home run guy, but hey, he swung yeah. for the fences and did not miss. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it shows for them too. I mean, like you said, they have a tough region. I think it shows they can find ways to win. 
um, you know, they can find any ways to win. I think and that's just in this time of year, that's what you got to do. If it's not your prettiest day in whatever aspects of the game, you can still dig one out. Um, and I think it says a lot about their team. Yeah, well, we were talking about before the show, Michigan in 2019. They had no business being in that championship game, but you just find ways Absolutely to win not. the games, the little things, the big things. It all matters. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, then, you know, much easier win for Vanderbilt as the national four seed. Uh, 10-0, 10-0 win over Presbyterian, who coached Tim Corbin, who got his 900th career win, began his career with Presbyterian. Um, Kumar Rocker, projected top four pick. Seven innings, nine Ks, two hits, zero runs. Dominic Keegan, Massachusetts guy, three hits, including two home runs and five RBIs. Um, and Troy Lenev, uh, two hits, four RBIs. So, you know, pretty good day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whenever you – Vandy's always around this time of year, um, as always, and kind of got to feel bad for Presbyterian. First time ever making the tournament, and they get dealt in the Nashville – um, with Vandy but I mean no surprises there Vandy takes care of business and I think that you know see them as some a team that should continue to keep it rolling um, you know in the regional and beyond yeah I mean Rocker obviously had a really damn good start seven innings only two hits allowed but I mean you're also seeing Presbyterian right now as it stands at the moment they're down seven to two in the bottom of the sixth inning this is a team that is just clearly not at the same level as everybody yeah, else in this tournament right now they are 100% outmatched they're getting losing Indiana State by five runs right now um, but again, we all know Vanderbilt won the national championship just a couple years ago. There aren't always going to be a threat. I mean, they're basically like a modern day Duke when it comes to, you know, college basketball. They're just, they're going to be in it whenever. They lost three series this year, but almost to Arkansas. I think that very well could be the rematch in Omaha. Um, and I think Vanderbilt having Rocker and Lighter in the postseason, as we know, Rocker, his first uh, career college world series start you know he threw a new header so um i'd say that gives them the advantage but then again you got Cobbs, you got that lineup in arkansas so should be fun how this plays out mm-hmm. it's gonna take star power to win this thing and vanderbilt definitely has that yeah when you take a look i mean the nationals when they won the world series a couple years ago i mean you got scherzer and strasburg that you know two studs on the mound right there and yeah. that's what vanderbilt yeah, has right now yeah, yeah one's on the lineup, yeah. just like uh, they got Dominic Keegan. Exactly. We'll be talking about that later. Yeah. Um, and then another side note, Carter Young, who was out for the SEC tournament, is back. He batted ninth. He didn't look like his normal self, but it's good to have their shortstop back, who has been compared to Dansby Swanson. Yeah, he definitely brings the swag to it. <clears throat> I think he kind sure. of he definitely gives the team, it. Yeah, he definitely gives the team their mojo. Um, I've seen a couple of videos of him just blasting balls out of ballparks. Um, but yeah, it's good for them to have that back and, you know, definitely a piece of the puzzle that they'll need as they continue to move on. Yeah. Being compared to a former number one overall pick is not the worst comparison in the world. No, I kind of like him batting ninth too. Cause that gives them like two leadoff guys with, you know, mm-hmm. the fastest man on the planet, mm-hmm. Enrique Bradford Jr. As their number uh, first hitter. Yeah. Um, so then Arizona, number five national seed, winner of the Pac-12, who did not have a postseason tournament. They won 12-6 over Grand Canyon, who was also making, who Grand Canyon, like Presbyterian, making their first NCAA tournament appearance. They were down four early. Grand Canyon scored two in the first, two in the second. However, a clutch catch by Arizona's Dante Williams in the bottom of the, in the top of the second, stopped the bleeding and sparked a big turnaround. Bottom of the lineup for Arizona, 
outpaced them in the come from behind win. They scored, I believe, six runs in the next two innings and then just kept scoring and withstood the comeback attempt from Grand Canyon. Yeah, you know, you put in the, <clears throat> excuse me, the clutch catch, and it kind of reminds me of Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas was down early in that catch by Franklin in center. I mean, if he doesn't make that play, they had guys, I think it was two outs guys on first and second. I mean, that play, that ball goes by, and that run from first maybe scoring could be a whole different ball game, um, you know, in terms of momentum. And so, you know, props to Arizona for, you know, coming from behind and, you know, finding a way to, um, finding a way to win. And just kind of, you know, we've seen, I think, there's teams, the mighty underdogs threatened um, to give these star, these star teams and star powers um, a game. But then we just seen that, you know, who the better team is, who ultimately has the more talent um, in the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, think... sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. I was going to say that uh, taking one look at the box score, you can see that you know, 31 hits in this game. This was not exactly the definition of a pitcher's matchup. Um, so I think the big question the rest of the way is, is if Arizona's pitching can hold up in the long run. Because Arizona's a good team, number five overall seed. So, I mean, it's just going to be a matter of, you know, how they hold up in terms of pitching. Because if, if Grand Canyon, again, a good team this year, Grand Canyon did beat Arizona at one point earlier in the year. But, you know, how far can their offense really gain? How far can their offense take them? Yeah, I think another part that we're not remembering, as Nebraska um, showed yesterday, the Big, big Ten, Big 12, or Pac-12, they didn't have conference tournaments. So their guy, their teams are, have been off for like two plus weeks. Nebraska took a little bit to warm up. Arizona took a little bit to warm up. I think maybe that has to do with like their pitchers haven't faced live competition, like live, but not actually live competition in two weeks. So pitching might take a while. Bats took a few innings. Hopefully they can continue that type of run because they're a good team. Um, then, you know, national number six team, uh, TCU, we'll let Ryan take over for this one. Yeah, so unfortunately, I didn't really get to watch much of the TCU game yesterday. However, I was keeping up with the updates, and they really – they took a while to get going. They were down 2-1 to one heading into the bottom of the seventh inning to McNeese State. I just kept on waiting. I was kept on refreshing that Twitter, waiting for something to happen, really. Uh, and then eventually they just exploded in the bottom of the seventh and the bottom of the eighth inning. They were down – went from down 2-1 to one to a 12-4 to four victory. Um, so I was happy to see that frogs finally got things going because they are a team I've noticed this year, watching them and going to a lot of their games. They're a team that I find often or not often, but at sometimes does play down to their competition a little bit. So, you know, we had a couple of great battles early in the year, you know, battle Bowl miss. They had that tough game against Arkansas. They played Texas pretty tough in a series late in the year. Um, and then, you know, I wound up winning the big 12 championship, but they had some bad losses in there, um, mixed in as well. You know, they, lost to Kansas at some point later in the year. And I thought this was going to be another one of those uh, just, you know, rough games for TCU because they really just couldn't get anything going offensively. But um, Austin Krob, redshirt freshman pitching, just what a game he had. He had a great season as well. He was 8-1 on the year, 3.81 ERA. Uh, he had 96 strikeouts as well. He really did a lot for us this year coming off the hill. And um, uh, he pitched phenomenally. Uh, TCU finally got the offense going late in the game. Um, you know, an RBI single or two, two run single from Hunter Wolf made it put them up three to two. And then uh, they just kept on putting it on from then on, uh, including Luke Boyers stepping up to the play, hitting his first career home run in his first career postseason game. Love that. Love to see that. Uh, and even uh, our very own Elijah Nunez coming in late in the game, the eighth inning, hitting an RBI double. We uh, feel like I had to make a comment about that. Um, yeah, Patisio up 10 to two at that point, And then 
from then on out, it was just, it was a romp. So great game from TCU as a whole. Um, they only used two pitchers the entire game. Crob went eight innings himself. Uh, Harrison Beath came in, not really for a save, but just for the last, uh, you know, 21 pitches of the game that he pitched right there. Did give up two runs, however, uh, didn't really matter at that point. He's being down by 10. So uh, overall, great game. I'm happy with the Frogs. Uh, they really killed it out there. They really got things going late, which I was happy to see. And, uh, you know, I feel like this is a team that, again, they're inconsistent at times. However, I do think that TCU, they've, they've got a chance to make some noise here. They've got a lot of star power. They've got the Big 12 player of the year, uh, Porter Brown, most outstanding player. He was great all year. He really just kind of steadied the lineup for us. Uh, there's definitely some holes in the lineup for sure. Um, but I do think that this is a team that when they can get going, I mean, there's a reason that they were ranked in the top five to start top six to start the year. I think it was. So, um, you know, I think they, they can show that star power when they need to. Yeah. I think, I think that part you said where they play down to their competition, that only really is going to hurt them in the regional, which see, they seem to overcome it in this game. I, cause I think once you get to the super regional and on, it's the best teams are going to win. I have a feeling yes. this year it's going to be a lot of chalk just because there's so many veterans coming back and so many guys yeah. from those top mm-hmm. teams that came back. But TCU definitely isn't the best team from the Big 12 because Texas has been far more consistent. But TCU, yes. when they're hot, no one can beat them. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that a few times this year. When, those, when their bats get going, they are a tough team to beat. And we saw, I mean, earlier, just last week, they put 17 runs on Kansas State, and then they put 10 more runs on Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. They can get going, and when they do get going, they're a tough team to beat because their pitching has been fairly steady the entire year. Um, so once that offense gets going, look out. However, we're going to see how, how much that can hold up because this is a very tough field, and uh, they're not exactly blessed with an easy ride to the championship. So, yeah. Um. Mississippi State, seven national seed. Um, they won 8-4 over Stanford. Um, they had 11 hits, and four players had multiple hits. Uh, junior Luke Hancock had three hits and three RBIs. Senior Rowdy Jordan finished with three hits and three runs. Senior Tanner Allen, uh, SEC Player of the Year, had an RBI on two hits, and freshman Kellum Clark also added two hits. Stanford, however, had three home runs of their own to make it fairly close, but not close. Um, Sophomore starter for State, Will Benar, uh, he's 7-1 on the air. He had a home surrender home run on the first pitch of the game. Talk more about another guy who did that uh, last night. Before he settled in, struck out uh, eight batters in seven innings and allowed three runs, two earned on six hits with a walk. Pretty, I wouldn't say dominating because they did have a few lapses, but pretty well-rounded game. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Mississippi State's kind of one of those staples like Vanderbilt, Arkansas, that, you know, you always hear about around this time. Definitely a a tough place to go in for any team um, and to win. So I just, you know, there's I don't think there's any surprises there um, in terms of them being able to take care of business in their first game. Yeah, I mean, they're just a consistent team. Um, You know, they've been doing it well all year, 41 and 15 on the season. you know, they, you know, it was, it was a tougher battle for them for sure, but you know, they got off to a good start. They're up five to one at some point in the game and Sanford can never really close that gap throughout the rest of the game. And, you know, the score might not show up, but it was a pretty comfortable win for Mississippi state. Um, so again, not too much to say about that. They're a good team. They're, yeah. 
Yeah, Sam Samford fought, but it, they're just overmatched. Mississippi State's mm-hmm. one of those blue bloods. They're they're better. Yeah. Than uh, another blue blood. Just, yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying, it just it, like I was saying earlier, it just comes down to it comes down to star power, and you know, in these games, that's what's going to win it. And yeah, you know, there's um, only so much, only so many upsets that can happen at some point. Exactly that, which we'll talk more about because there's a big one going on right now. Uh, oh yeah, Texas Tech, another blue blood, first team to ever host five straight regionals so that's you know pretty big there they were preseason number three they came back up to eight to end the year they started slow ended hot um they won six three over army but it really wasn't that close the army just made a late push a little bit uh coach tim tadlock he seemed to be taking a big gamble when he decided uh his starter for game one would be freshman chase hampton over uh, a trio of aces he also has on the team. So Hampton was their fourth starter in weekend series this year. So a little surprise, but he was hoping he could preserve his other starters for the bigger games if they happened to lose this game or if they needed to put to play two starters in the championship game. He he knew what he was doing um, because Hampton went six innings, two runs, one earned, seven Ks, and only 79 pitches. And shortstop Cal Conley, he provided the offense for Texas Tech in this one. Two home runs, three RBIs, pretty good day. Um, and Kurt Wilson, who has been out since mid-April as a hitter due to a broken thumb, sustained on a head first slide into third, but he was pitching during his time off, try, trying to still help out the team. He was back in the lineup, went one for four. Texas Tech hopes he can solidify the bottom of the lineup because like TCU, they have been a little shaky towards the bottom of that lineup. And then Tadlock brought in um, Micah Dallas, who's was a surprise because he's not a closer. He's a starter for them. Uh, he finished off army um, only through 11 pitches to work to earn the save, but we got to see what Tadlock's thinking with that one. Cause he might want Dallas to solidify the back end of that pen, or maybe he's going to bring him in to do both and uh, close games, start games. We've seen that out of cops to name one guy, but a few other guys um, and a few notes about them. Uh, they were surprised to see them in as a national seed because many thought Notre Dame was going to snag that eight seed because Texas Tech just didn't have the same resume. But they ended up getting the eight seed, and Notre Dame ended up getting the ten seed. So, guess we know nothing. Yeah, I mean, I think Texas Tech, you know, t- took care of business. Um, you know, Army gave them a little bit of a push, but I think overall, you know, they're able to take care of business. I think one of the things. Um, I think it's interesting. They're, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, especially with, you know, many people not expecting them to be one of those top ACs. I think they have, you know, maybe there's a little something to prove there in terms of what they can do. Um, but I think, you know, they got off to a hot start um, and were able to combine, um, you know, solid hitting, a couple homers from Conley, along with, you know, solid pitching in order to get, you know, a game one win that they, you know, that they much needed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, this goes back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, Colby, maybe Texas, I mean, Texas earlier benefiting from maybe an earlier exit in the Big 12 tournament. Texas Tech, they didn't exactly go very far either. They lost back-to-back games to TCU and Kansas State. They were a very early exit in the Big 12 tournament, so that was a surprise to many. But they've had some time off. They had some time to regroup. And again, I was surprised to see them get a national seed, considering that they really kind of floundered to end the year. Um, But, I mean, they just played a great all-around game. And we saw, I mean, our Army, they're here. They won the Patriot League. Um, they were able to chase uh, Lehigh's starter and MLB prospect. Uh, what's his face again? Sorry, I 
uh, forgetting his name right now. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm, uh, Mason Black. Mason Black, yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, they chased him out pretty early. And then here, again, they just faced tougher competition. They faced tough star power. And they really couldn't get their bats going throughout the game. Uh, so a good win for Texas Tech. Army, you know, they proved that they're going to be a tough out, uh, or at least in this game. So um, it was a solid win for them. And maybe they benefited from a little bit more rest than everybody else. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's a good point. The rest you see a lot of the teams that Vandy's another team that had a fairly early exit. They showed that didn't matter the other day or last night. So I think you're gonna see a lot of the teams that were rested are definitely having a lot more success. Although Arkansas, you know, won and still doesn't matter because they're just at the mm -hmm. goes both ways. Yeah. Um so now we'll do UConn and Fairfield, and then we'll break down everything else. Uh, so some UConn highlights from their 6-1 win over Michigan last night. Uh, they held Michigan to one run on two hits. The story of this game was dominant pitching, led by Austin Peterson, and timely hitting, led by Eric Stock, who had a four-hit game. Peterson went five and two-thirds with nine Ks, no runs, um, and two walks, I believe. Eric Stock, four hits, three singles, a double, run scored, and three RBIs. And uh, I heard this on the broadcast. Kyler Fedko now has gotten on base safely in 18 straight games. That's a he could extend that through the College World Series if they make it. Um, Randy Polonia, he came in after Peterson went one and a third, allowing only a home run and then throwing a one, two, three, seventh. Garrett Coe came in in the eighth. He threw a perfect eighth, then got the first out in the ninth, but walked back to back guys, leading to uh, coach Jim Penders bringing in his guy, Caleb Worcester. Worcester, 10 pitches, ended the game. He'll be ready to go if they need him against Notre Dame today. Uh, so, yeah, it was just dom dominant all-around performance. Yeah. No, I, <clears throat> I think UConn, you know, showed, you know, why it's going to be probably them and Notre Dame in the end of this regional. It's going to be a battle. You know, we get to see episode one of hopefully maybe another game um, tonight. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall dominant performance. I think they, you know, showed why, you know, they won the Big East – you know, both tournament, they both regular season champs. They showed why, you know, they can compete um, and they can definitely compete, I think, with the top dogs. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a solid win. I think, you know, hopefully they bring that, they can bring that same um, same kind of thing into um, tonight's huge matchup against Notre Dame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Michigan, they were just, they just looked outmatched. This is not the same Michigan team that was able to make Cinderella run for the championship a couple of years ago. This is a team that, you know, was able to survive the Big Ten well enough. Uh, but, again, getting two hit and UConn just was clearly showed why they were the better team last night. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan was one of the last four in, and you could see why, especially today, too. They lost 8-2 to Central Michigan, so they're eliminated. But they were just overpowered. They didn't have a great year. Playing conference only was tough, so they, they just didn't have enough power. Yeah. Um, and then – Nick, you want to run the Fairfield game? Yeah, um, so kind of a sad heartbreaker um, for the fellow Stags. Um, I mean, a great game. I think it was one of the top games. It's kind of back and forth. Definitely one of the most kind of exciting, action-packed games of the first day of um, games yesterday. Um, they had Trey McLaughlin going, one of their top um, pitchers. He put up pretty good numbers, um, you know, gave him the chance to win. He went six and a third, five hits, four earned. I mean, gave, kept a minute. Um, definitely gave them a, gave them the chance to win. Um, you know, they started, the Fairfield showed from the very beginning they were here to play. Um, you know, Mike Handel 
Um, you let off with a homer in the top of the first. Um, really gave them energy. I think momentum they needed, um, kind of being the underdogs um, in the game. And then, you know, Trey started pretty well, but then third and fourth innings, um, Arizona, some of their top bats started to get going. They took the 4-1 lead in the bottom of the fourth. That was highlighted. Jack Moss, the freshman, um, two on home run. He went deep um, out to right. So that, you know, kind of it was a game of momentum shifts, kind of, you know, Fairfield gave him the first punch and um, Arizona State really responded. They took that 4-1 lead. Um, but credit to the Stags, they wouldn't go away. Um, you know, they kind of, they showed resilience. They showed fight. Um, Arizona State's pitching staff kind of had some trouble controlling um in terms of pitching, multiple walks, I think it was four walks in the seventh inning, which then led to Fairfield taking the 5-4 lead. Um, so then all the momentum was back on, you know, the side of Fairfield. Sean Cullen, Fairfield's first base, he, he in the on top of the eighth, or, um, yeah, he in the top of the eighth, he gave a huge insurance run with two outs. Um, he, out, he got thrown out, though, at second. Um, he would have been safe, but he slid past the bag, so he was in there in time, but then on turf, it was wet. You know, they had a little bit of a delay due to rain in the game as well. Um, so that was a 6-4. So you think, you know, Fairfield has all the momentum. All they got to do is shut them down for two innings, get six outs, and, you know, they're going to have a huge win against Arizona State. Um, so Coach Courier, he decided to bring Sansone, Mike Sansone in, who's usually a starter for the Stags. He came out um, and he came out of the bullpen in relief. Um which started off hot, started off striking a lot of guys out, really started getting things going. You think, you know, that he just needs to, you know, finish the job. But again, again, a game of punches, Arizona State was ultimately the one who gave the last one. Sean McLean, another freshman, came up, big double um, with two outs in the bottom of the eighth. This made it 6-5. However, they were able to strand the, run, the game tying run on second in the eighth. Um, and then Fairfield, unable to kind of get any insurance, insurance in the ninth, um, uh, Sun Arizona State came back and the nine uh, in the bottom of the ninth, and that's where kind of things went south for Fairfield. Um, Sansone struggled, um, loaded the bases, a hit by pitch, a controversial hit by pitch call where it looked like it might have hit in the knob of the bat. The, the Arizona State hitter was a lefty off speed pitch, looked like it might have hit the knob, but you know, he didn't really react at all, which kind of made people believe that it might have hit the knob. Called up was on the field that it was a hit by pitch. The umpires went to review it briefly, but then ultimately the call stand um, as a hit by pitch. That run tied the game. And then Sean McLean again, um, you know, huge hit in the eighth, came back and ultimately gave with a kind of a single in the um, in the ninth inning to give Arizona State the win. Um, definitely a killer loss for the Stags, um, you know, trying to pull off the upset, trying to get a huge win for the program and just, you know, fell short ultimately. Arizona State was able to come up with a win. Um, you know, Stags, they showed though they have a lot of resilience, especially without their star player, um, you know, Mike Crusoe, Mac player of the year. He was out, he got hurt in practice. Um, so he he's out and he didn't travel with the team. Um, but they were two for Stags, were two for 12 with runners in scoring position, which certainly did not help. I just think they weren't able to find that, you know, big hit that could really give the momentum and that could really seal the deal when they were, um, you know, had the lead in the later innings. But, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, a good game for them. I think definitely a heartbreaker when you're so close to pulling off a huge upset and to, you know, fall short like that, definitely a tough game. Um, but, you know, they're in, now they're playing Southern in an elimination game. They're supposed to play it too, but um, they're delayed. They'll have Jake Noviello on the bump, um, fellow Massachusetts native. Um, but, you know, he's been great for them all year. So hopefully he can give them, you know, give them and allow them to see another day. Um,
but yeah, I think they, they proved that they belong in the tournament, most certainly competing with the power five team, you know, just, I think it's, you know, heartbreaking for them to, where they had the lead to, you know, come up short like that in the end. Yeah, I agree. It was definitely probably the second best game of the night. Obviously Tennessee with the lock-offs grand slam, but I, it was very entertaining. It was back and forth. Uh, Mike Candle hitting uh, first pitch home run for the first home run in uh, NCAA tournament history for the Stags. Big, big, big guy. Um, and I think you're right. Sansone's definitely left in too long. I'm not sure what Coach Curry was thinking, but that was also definitely hit the bat. The ball does not go all the way to the backstop off a hand. It's going to deaden right there. So that's a missed call by the umps, but it's tough when you're under pressure like that and it's close call. So it's tough. I think Fairfield, you can look at that call. You can, you know, but I think, you know, and ultimately again, going like what you said, Kobe, the decision to keep Sansone was, was a very interesting decision, especially when you have Bryson Kafar, who's, you know, been a stud closer all year long for them. Um, and I don't think you can look at that one. I mean, obviously, you know, that would, that changes the game. I mean, that ties the game, and you know, you don't. That's called a foul ball. You know, you're still up six five. All it takes is a ground ball, and you win the game. But I think you know, you got to look at the maybe a little mismanagement of the bullpen, and then also, um, you know, just kind of the two for twelve in runners scoring position is just not going to get it done when you're trying to come up with a huge upset, um, like they were. But hopefully, they can you know survive another day and get a big win against Southern, um, which hopefully the game will get going this afternoon. This weather in Texas um, is that preventing them. Hopefully, it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. That Texas weather. <laughs> Control it, guys. I'm sorry. Come on. No, I should be controlling it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you're right. It was a tough game. Um, they should bounce back. but And I think they could beat Arizona State if they play them again. They'll be ready. They'll have uh, probably Mike Sandstone on the bump or John Signor and go bullpen game. But Bryson, Mack, reliever of the year, not going in is definitely the big, biggest miscue of that game. Um, so now just some, you know, highlights from the day yesterday. Uh, we talked about Red Hot Duke. They got put in their place by Liberty, uh, in a tough region for Tennessee as the host. Obviously they had to walk off to win, uh, fourth seed of Wright State, who we had talked about. They took Tennessee as far as they could, but ultimately Tennessee got their guy and hit the walk off, uh, Notre Dame. Took care of business against Central Michigan when 10 nothing behind the bat of Nico uh, Cavadas. Two home runs, four RBIs, and pitching of ace John Michael Bertrand. Nine innings, five hits, six K, zero runs. They will now face, as we said, UConn, who will throw their ace, Ben Kasparius. Um, so we'll see who they counter, given that their ace is out till at least Sunday, where he would come out of the pen. Um, VCU. Yeah, they were pretty hot last night. Uh, they just didn't stop scoring. I think they won 19-4. to four. Pretty dominant win. Now they play Mississippi State, I, I bet, I think, for the see who goes to the championship game. That should be a great game. Um, what else we got? Oh, Florida. This is obviously the game of the day now, too. They got stunned on their home turf by Southern Florida, USF. Uh, and now they're playing South Alabama, and it's delayed in the bottom of the ninth, eighth, but they're down 19 to one. So that's a stunning, stunning turn of events. Yeah, I mean, it shows you, you know, it's, I think all of, when it comes to playoff baseball and it comes to tournament baseball, I think, you know, who's playing, who's playing well at the right time. 
And, you know, we've seen, you know, Florida all the way back, you know, preseason number one, they just really haven't been able, didn't, have not been able to put it together at the right time. Um, and South Florida with that huge win and, you know, haven't been able to kind of regroup from that. And, you know, South Alabama, I mean, who would have thought, I mean, to pull off an upset is one thing, but I mean, to just totally take Florida off as it's thrown at home, like in that fashion, um, you know, it was crazy. So like you said, it's a wide open regional. It should be really interesting to see who comes out of that Gainesville regional. Yeah, I agree. It's wide open. Um, and Florida's starter today didn't even make it through the first inning. He only got one out. That's And he's a, he's an uh, MLB prospect for next year. So it's just not going Florida's way. They're just not executing. They're not – it's tough to – I don't know how, how else to explain it. Yeah, I mean, they were the preseason number one team for a reason. I mean, they have so much talent. They had the talent to make a big run this year. But, boy, they just really fell flat this tournament it's disappointing to see for a Florida team that again has just talent all over the place and now you see him down 18 runs to South Alabama just really just dealt a really bad hand and they really fell flat this one yeah, Judd Fabian sure. I, I think was SEC preseason player of the year he has not uh, lived up to expectations to say the least but the rest of the lineup hasn't either some more regional uh, highlights uh you know, one of the greatest home run celebrations in college baseball. Uh, Ole Miss doing the beer celebration, beer showers. It's awesome. Uh, yesterday night, senior captain Tim Elko, who tore his ACL on April 5th, but delayed surgery so he could play in his last postseason uh, for Ole Miss. He hit a grand slam right into the right field bleachers where the beer showers take place. And it set, set off one of the greatest celebrations I've ever seen. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, an electric atmosphere. I mean, Ole Miss was, you know, fans that just live and breathe basically, especially around this time of year. And I mean, what not, I mean, what a, I mean, what a story too. I mean, to be able to, you know, can't imagine playing with a torn ACL and delaying surgery and then to, you know, come out like that in, in, a, in a big game and hit a grand slam. And I mean, that place was just rocking. I mean, but I mean, that's what's so special about this time of year, you know, those large fan bases. Um, and then, you know, just to add something on top of that, you know, to Melko and, you know, a huge hit like that. I mean, it's just, you know, really what makes college baseball in this time of year so special, you know, great moments like that and great fan bases who, you know, diehards who are going to live and breathe their team. So I, it, was, it was definitely a great moment on the first day of play. Yeah, and we, we were talking about this before the show too. I mean, Ole Miss, again, with that great atmosphere, probably one of the best in all of college baseball. They obviously didn't need to for this game, but that's that's a fan base that travels. And, you know, they're willing to go wherever, whenever. I was at a game earlier this year at TCU versus Ole Miss to start out the season uh, over in Arlington playing uh, the Rangers ballpark. And, it, I mean, they TCU is 20 minutes away from that stadium, and Ole Miss had them outnumbered pretty easily, had us all outnumbered pretty easily. And they, you know, they travel well. That's a great fan base, and they live and breathe baseball down there. And, you know, we're going to see, you know, atmospheres, they, they come into play that could, you know, baseball, you know, a good atmosphere that can, that can take you a little ways, especially when you got a team that's willing and fan base that's willing to travel for you, that, that could be a big, that can be an underrated part of Ole Miss's run in this tournament. Yeah. They're not, they're not in a top eight national seed, so they need some of the national seeds to lose in order to host super regionals, but yeah, it doesn't seem like that's going to matter because it sounds like they travel pretty well anyway. Imagine on Mississippi State Ole Miss Super Regional would be electric. Yeah, yeah, that would be wild. Um, Talk about two diehard fan bases just yeah. going at it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, 
an upset, a few upsets last night. Uh, UNC won five four preseason number two UCLA. UNC has been kind of around all year thanks to Austin Love and his uh, almost no hitters to start the year, like five straight or whatever. Didn't throw a single one, but you know it's the almost that counts. Um, <laughs> he threw six and two thirds. I think he gave up three earned. Not a bad day, but not a great day, but enough to beat UCLA. Um, and then University of Santa Barbara, University of California, Santa Barbara, 14-4 over uh, Oklahoma State. So a little bit shocking because, you know, Oklahoma State is ranked, obviously. Um, they lost in, what, the Big 12 championship, right? Yeah, Big 12 championship, yeah. And they played them tough. I mean, it was a 10-7 game, but you know, I thought that they were going to be a tough out, but boy, yeah. UC Santa Barbara really they came alive especially in the ninth inning there put up five in the ninth and just put them away yeah um and then Florida State they won 5-2 over Southern Miss a team who thought they might host a regional they put in a bid they but they will end up losing to uh, Old Dominion in the championship game uh or not Old Dominion uh Louisiana State the winner of that game was gonna host a regional most likely as the 16 seed and uh Unfortunately, they lost. They were probably one of the best two seeds in the country, but they lost. I mean, not much else to say. Um, and then what was probably of the early slate, the game of the uh, day, South Carolina, Virginia, lived up to the hype and more. It was battle of uh, ace Andrew Rabbit, who is going to get drafted um, against Wes Clark, home run leader in the country. He had 22 going in. Abbott's only uh, run allowed during his first five innings in which he struck out six Ks or six guys, uh, West Clark home run, of course. But then going into the six, he was rolling. However, he lit up back-to-back doubles uh, and then a walk. So you, there was two on with two outs in the sixth, and they just had to pull him. Um, however, South Carolina, their bets were coming alive anyway, and they took the 4-3 lead, clearing the bases on that in that inning. Um UVA, uh, no, both uh, Geloff brothers, uh, homered in the top of the fourth to take the lead. Zach, the younger one who plays third base, he also had an RBI single in the next inning, along with another hit to tally three on the day with two RBIs. And he was also UVA's final chance when in the top of the ninth with two outs. Zach came up to bat. Uh, he looked like he was going to draw the walk. It was 3-2 count. However, he got uh, hit with the cutter up in the zone and struck out to end the game. Yeah, that was a great game. I tuned into some of it um, back and forth, you know, battle. Um, yeah, the Geloff brothers are really good. I think, you know, Virginia would ended up, you know, fighting off elimination today against Jacksonville, high scoring game. Um, where, you know, Vassal for Virginia didn't have his best stuff, but those two, I mean, they mash. Um, and Virginia, you see, you know, has a high powered lineup that, you know, if they can, I feel like, you know, if they can get pitching and if they can, you know, continue to hit and some, you know, have a, have some, you know, have a starting pitcher go deep and continue to hit the way. I think they can definitely, you know, stay alive and make a push to get out of this regional. Um, you know, we've seen they can compete with South Carolina. Um, and just South Carolina, I think, you know, came up, had some big hits. I was able to get to Abbott, get him out of the game. You know, another great atmosphere. You know, they got the crowd behind him in Columbia. Um, but we've seen that Virginia can definitely play with them. Um, I think, you know, they can, Virginia can continue to push. And I think, you know, you, we could definitely see that as, you know, that regional coming down to South Carolina um, versus Virginia, which I think would be great. Yeah. Um, I think South Carolina being a two seed hosting is a much bigger advantage than people are talking about. I don't know how much people are talking about it, but 
that's one of the best atmospheres in college baseball for sure. It's one of the biggest stadiums. So Old Dominion being the one seed and having to travel, huge disadvantage. Probably the biggest of any of the uh, 16 one seeds. Um, you guys got anything else for wrapping it up uh, with the games yesterday? Yeah, I got too much. To say, or, sorry, Nick, for no, you're cutting good. you off. Go but, ahead. Uh, I got too much to say, except for uh, right now we were talking about uh, you know Southern Miss right now playing the elimination game. I think you guys are seeing this too right now. Uh, a Southeast Missouri team that played Ole Miss, you know, pretty tough. You know, they came close yesterday. Uh, they are currently. I believe the game just finished up. Yeah. Uh, 21 nothing final score, yeah, Southern Miss over good. Southeast Missouri State. So that was a short lived uh, tournament right there for Southeast Missouri. But um, I feel like I want to point that out right there. That was just apps. And it, it was never really one inning for Southern Miss. They just kept on piling All of them. on inning after inning. Yeah. Four in the third, four in the fourth. And then they just kept on going from there on out. So I just wanted to point that out really quickly right there. Maryland, another dominant win today. Uh, to save elimination, Norfolk State down the game 16 to nothing. So, um, yeah, we're seeing the better teams are definitely taking advantage for sure. Yeah, Duke bounced back against Wright State, 114 6, uh, save off elimination. Oklahoma State's up 1 0, bottom of second over Grand Canyon. LSU's up uh, 2 0 over Central Connecticut, top two. Uh, Northeastern down to NJIT, 3 0, bottom five. Ryder, Alabama, 1 1, bottom six. UCLA bouncing back. They're up 6-2 against Army, bottom four. Fairfield Southern still hasn't started. Wonder if that game's even going to happen. And as we said, South Alabama's up 19-1 on Florida, which has been delayed due to thunderstorms. Yeah, interesting. Um, Ryder and Alabama, too, 1-1. So Ryder's giving Alabama a team out of the MAC. You know, MAC tournament champions getting the automatic bid. They're, they're putting up a fight. Um, NGIT is currently leading Northeastern you know, three, nothing in the fifth. We saw that, you know, that NGIT, they're not afraid, you know, they came, came to, you know, Fayetteville to play. Um, so that should be an interesting game. See how that plays out. Um, yeah. And then of the games that haven't taken place, I think Tennessee Liberty going to be a game to watch Notre Dame, UConn, as we said, Ole Miss Florida state could be a low key one to watch that could go either way. Texas should handle Arizona state with ease. Vanderbilt, Georgia Tech, I can't imagine is going to be a contest. Uh, Old Dominion, South Carolina, that should be a great game. As we said, Old Dominion, technically, not technically, but they, they're basically the away team for that game. So that's, as a one seed, that's tough. And then Nebraska, Arkansas might be Arkansas's biggest test uh, in the regionals. And we'll see what Texas Tech does with North Carolina. That could be a good, great, great game. Um, so, uh, also last week, there was a lot of MLB talk. Uh, there was, there was one big storyline that I think we all know, uh, about people have compared, said this home run race, it's not going to be the same as the, uh, Sosa, uh, McGuire home run race, because obviously there's no steroids involved that we know of. However, all, uh, what is it? All five guys involved haven't even played uh haven't played more than three years in the league that's pretty epic for the future of baseball mm -hmm. yeah i mean it shows you just the young talent um you know vlad guerrero jr is having a great year i mean he mashes um acuna i mean tatis too i think just you know the way 
I mean, Kobe, you mentioned the future base. I mean, the way Tatis plays the game and just, um, you know, the energy and just the way in which he plays the game, I think it's definitely, I mean, now we see this whole era, you know, celebrations, you know, kind of this new modern um, era of baseball, you know, he really represents that. Um, and I think, you know, you can see a lot of younger players and you kind of, you know, taking after that style of play. Um, but like you said, I think it's awesome for the future of the league and it should be really interesting to see, you know, this home run race and, you know, to see how all these guys, you know, progress as the season continues. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I mean, one guy that, you know, we've talked about a lot, former AL rookie of the month, Adolis Garcia, he has been, I mean, this is a guy who was traded from the St. Louis Cardinals organization for cash, cash considerations. This guy has no business being where he is right now. And yet right now he's uh, pretty much second in the home run race. He has 16 home runs on the year. He's playing unbelievable. Um, and, you know, definitely an all-star, definitely a guy that, you know, you could probably argue he might be in the MVP race right now. Um, definitely a long shot. But for the fact that, you know, you've got a guy for the Rangers, just this random kid from out of nowhere, uh, he's having an amazing year. And he's definitely adding some spice to this home run race, for sure. And then you've got Rafael Devers. Of course, he had a moonshot, a monster home yeah. run. Yeah, that was last night at Yankee Stadium. That thing was absolutely corked. Um, he's got 15 home runs as well. This is going to be a really fun race to watch and see how it plays out for the rest of the year. Yeah, like Nick said, we have Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., Ronald Acuna Jr., so the three juniors. Then we got Garcia and Otani. So you look at that list, you see, you see four of those guys, Vladdy, Tatis, Acuna, Otani. You're like, oh, yeah, I hear about those guys. They're marketed great. Then you see Garcia, and you're like, wait, he's tied for a second in the home run race. Who is this guy? Yeah. Oh, he's playing for the Texas Rangers, and he's just mashing. Remember his name. That's what I got to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It should be an interesting race. I mean, and then Otani and himself is another just species. Um, yeah. you know, he's not from this planet unbelievable two-way um it's really nice to you know i think it's really nice to see him have success this year at the game he's battled a lot of injuries been bad, you know but he's been very he's been really able to put it all together this year um which has been great to see i'm um, just a special talent um and i think any of these guys you know whenever you watch them it's just you know at any point they can just go big fly and it's just oh, yeah. it's just it's amazing um you know it's amazing to watch and it's great for the game you know, the young talent that the, you know, major league, you know, the major league has, I think it's, you know, definitely heading in the right direction. Yeah. Baseball's trying to make all these rules to quicken up the pace of the game when they're not realizing all I have to do is market these guys and people are going to watch. No exactly. one cares about pace of play. I'll watch a four hour baseball game. If it's exciting, even a pitcher's duel, I'll watch. Yeah. But for sure. this all these rules runners on second. Oh, that sucks. I hate it. So much. I hate that rule. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do um, think though, uh, one last touch on this home run race here. An underrated part of this is Vladimir Guerrero's just rise to success because when he came to the league a couple of years ago, he seemed like an overhyped prospect to most. Obviously, his dad, definitely a namesake, you know, special thing in there. Last year, struggled at times. Maybe you think he's an overrated prospect. And then suddenly this year, he becomes one of the most feared hit hitters in all of baseball. Right now, he's fourth in batting average. He's batting 330s, of course, 17 home runs, tied for first, third in RBIs, and best OPS in the league right now so it's just all the credit in the world to him for really really coming out of the, the sophomore slump and you know some challenging times his first couple of years and boy he's really putting it all together this year yeah yeah like I said last week um he was he was overrated he well he was overhyped his first year overrated last year 
this year, I think he might be underrated. Yeah, you can argue that for sure. Yeah, he's a man. I mean, he's got a he. He just puts, and he's a big dude himself, but he just puts so much into his swing. I mean, he's one of those guys. Like when you see him hit a ball far, it's like wow, that like just his his swing is just like that thing. He just looks like he just he just mashes baseballs. Um, but I think like you guys said, he's really come on strong this year. And same thing with Otani; he's really put it all together. And then like you said, Garcia. I mean, where does this guy come from, really? Um, and, you know, continue to see, you know, young talents like, you know, Tatis and Acuna continue to have great success. So, you know, like we said, it's just overall great for the game. Yeah, exactly. And Guerrero shedded uh, some weight this offseason. You can tell it paid off for sure. Yep. Um, and through this whole home run race, Juan Soto's been injured. However, he came back a few nights ago and said, Wait, why aren't you guys talking about me anymore? Proceeded, he's now hitting three home three home runs in the past three nights, absolutely mashing the ball against the Braves, um, and now the Cardinals. I believe he's just like, hey guys, you know, I'm still here too. I was the face of baseball at one point during that World Series run. I'm the best hitter in the league. What are you guys yeah. doing forgetting about me? Yeah, no, he's uh he's incredible from the left side. I mean, I think there was one that oh, he had an absolute nuke uh, I think opposite field I was just like got out of the ballpark in no time just incredible swing I mean he has such a good nice um swing so again I mean he just adds another kind of phase in person to this you know all this all this young talent that we were just talking about so it's great to see him back and hopefully he can you know keep it going as the season goes on yeah um I mean I know it's like cliche to say all the lefties have better swings but his swing is like yeah. odd dropping it's beautiful it's it's amazing yeah, yeah it's unbelievable yeah agreed um so um another guy who's i'd say is underrated although he has got a little recognition uh in may uh kevin gosman for the league leading san francisco giants number one record in the baseball not just the nl baseball uh, he went through May with a 0.6 ERA. He has like a 1.3 ERA on the year now. I know DeGrom's the favorite, and he should be, but I think if Gosman continues this and DeGrom's still a little injured, he deserves the NL Cy Young. Yeah. I mean, DeGrom is, I mean, incredible. But like you said, he's injured, and, you know, Gosman has really, you know, been an integral part of the Giants' success. Um you know, I think it, in a year where there's been, you know, all these no hitters in the year that, you know, people are calling it like the year of the pitcher or whatnot. Um, you know, it's great to see some guy kind of like Gosman who really, I mean, he's not one of those, like, you know, we kind of expect it from DeGrom. Like, you know, we know who we kind of expect that, you know, his excellence and what he's going to do when he goes out there, but it's great to see Gosman. And I think, you know, one of the main reasons, um, you know, Giants are able, you know, able to are doing as well as they are is um, because of him. So it's great to see kind of a kind of a lower profile guy per se, kind of, you know, make a name for himself and kind of, you know, definitely be right in that conversation, as you said, for the Cy Young race. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and like what you're saying about, uh, you know, just the namesake part of it, of course, we expect these type of stats from the Grom, but Gosman's guy who's been kicking around the league for a while. I mean, he's been this, he's been in the MLB since 2013 and he's never been anywhere close to, a stud by any means and he's never been in this conversation at any point in his career he's a career 4.07 era uh he's below 500 on his career and now you see him he's 6-0 in the year with a 1.4 era so i'm excited to see if he can keep this up for the rest of the year because he's done a great job pacing the giants uh you know on their on their pitching lineup so 
Uh, if he can keep this up, then he very much deserves to be in the conversation for NL Cy Young. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how pitchers fare now that uh, the MLB is announcing they're going to crack down on foreign substances. Mm-hmm. Also yeah, known as saw that. pine tar. And we saw that a few nights ago. Garrett Cole against the Rays in a midday game. He'd never let up more than two earned runs in a start this year. Five earned runs, five hits. He just, yeah. he didn't look like himself. And you got to wonder, yeah. what's the reasoning? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a right call from the league. I mean, I remember this is a, many years ago, but when the league, they came out, they threw Pineda out of the game. I was at that game. Way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember that. And uh, he, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, who knows with Cole? I mean, to, I mean you got to, you know, pitchers, I mean, everyone's probably using you know, they do their own something, thing, yeah. something. Um, but it could just be coincidence he didn't have his stuff that day, or it could be, you know, maybe he wasn't using his usual, um, whatever he's stuff. using, um, which was led to him not having the same kind of success, but who knows? I think it's good. You know, I think it, you know, I think, you know, it should be, inter- I think it should be very interesting to see how it all plays out um, and to see really, you know, the harsh consequences and really, you know, what the league, you know, if someone's caught per se now, you know, what are these different consequences going to be and how is, you know, a pitcher is going to respond to the league as a result of, you know, the MLB, MLB saying they're going to crack down. But, you know, I think it's interesting, um, you know, stance that the league's taking at this point with all with these, you know, substances and pitchers using them. Yeah, I think it was definitely time that because it was obvious, like, like Trevor Bauer brought up a few years ago, you can't just increase your RPM by 4,000 over an off season. That's just not how that works. Mm-hmm. But he's like, hey, they're not testing for it. I'm going to do it too. And he got a bag. He got like half a billion dollars for it. So good for him. But yeah, they definitely, and you got to wonder, uh, and I'm all for the conspiracy theories. Cole used the black glove. Mine dark black. You're an idiot if you use any other color gloves. So got to mm-hmm. wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Who would definitely be able to say how it plays out. You know, as the season continues to go on for the future, you know, you know what what pitchers do per se how maybe you know we've seen I mean we've seen the great success with pitchers this year with all these no hitters is it gonna you know is it gonna affect the overall kind of success and nature of you know pitchers as a result maybe you know some of them not using things anymore as a result of these harsh consequences yeah I think they shouldn't say no to pine tar I think they should just say yes to steroids as well give the hitters a chance (laughs) even the playing field yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. what they did in the 90s. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like also a big role in this here is that we're used the past few years, offense has just been astronomically better than what we've seen in years past. So it's not like this year is, you know, offense is, it's not like the dead ball era. I mean, they're just kind of regressing to the mean a little bit. And obviously, I do think that, you know, substances probably do play a role in that as more and more pitchers start to use it. Um, but again, you hear there are hitters that have said that they sometimes prefer pitchers to use it because they know they know that the pitcher has more control that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got a guy throwing 98 miles an hour on a consistent basis. You you want control out of that. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen a couple of guys get hit in the mm-hmm. face this year. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what the MLB does. That I'm sure they will crack down on it, and I'm sure we're going to see probably an offensive resurgence the second half of the year if that does commence immediately, which it seems like it's going to be. Um, so I guess we're going to see how that plays out. But uh, the year of the pitcher might be short-lived at this rate. Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely interesting 
how far they've regressed in the mean, how quickly, I mean, because like yeah. this, is, mm-hmm. this is so far, this is the worst season for hitters since the dead ball era. Uh-huh. And you wonder if it's a combination of the MLB clearly editing the ball. I mean, Memphis said it himself, but he also said they didn't juice the ball. So that makes no sense. He's crazy, but whatever. But if it's a combination of that and pine tar, which would mean steroids, but they're never going to do that because Manfred sucks. Maybe Theo exactly. Epstein and Ken Griffey will, though. I would not complain. No. Um, and speaking of the Yankees, Yankees-Red Sox, first uh, series of the season started off last night. Um, and as Ryan said, Devers um, hit a ball that, where you don't need the short porch at Yankee Stadium because he put it into, like, the third deck. Yeah. Yeah, that was a sound off the bat that I have never heard before. He yeah. killed that thing. He swings so hard. Um, you when he makes it contact, the ball just gets crushed. Um, but yeah, that was a solid win for them. First game of the series. Um, you know, Barnes coming into close, shut him down in the ninth. Um, and he's been on, he's been great this year for them. So, you know, I think you know their Red Sox are continued to. I feel like they've just been consistent overall. I mean, they had, you know, everyone was kind of, you know, crapping on them after they started 0-3 and they're like, oh, the season's going to go down the drain. You know, they had that hot stretch, but I feel like they've kind of been able to even out. And I think, you know, they continue to play good baseball. So, you know, the AL East, a lot of good teams, so the more they can continue to win against, you know, Yankees and AL East teams, um, the better. You know, the Rays have been so hot recently. Um, and But I think with overall, the Sox are de- definitely continuing to head in the right direction. Yeah, of course, we all know that we get Chris Sale and Sox get Chris Sale back, uh, you know, at some point later. And I don't know when his timetable is, is early July. July. Yeah, so um, he's definitely going to, I mean, hopefully he can study out that, uh, you know, the, the pitching for the Red Sox right there. They get Erod on the mound tonight, uh, who has not been great this year, no. 5.64 ERA. Um, just he's never been someone uh, you know, in the years that they've had a Roger Rodriguez, never been someone that can go, you know, a long ways, you know, he's usually a six inning guy, but even still, he hasn't been what has been projected. I mean, he hasn't really made that loop yet. Uh, he's gone from a consistent, you know, piece for them to now almost a liability. Uh, so we're going to see how the, how he performs tonight at Yankee stadium. Uh, get going from there. Yeah. Every pitcher is using pine tar except for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I think Chris Sale coming back is going to be huge for the Red Sox. However, I would say the Rays can just counter with Wander Franco. So I wonder how that's going to play out because they seem to just have prospects galore. Them and the Padres just have never ending prospects. So you wonder how the Rays are always so good, but they got that yeah. front office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think Sale is huge. I, I think, you know, not only he's a good, obviously, he's a very talented pitcher. Um, but I think he'll give them life um, and just new energy. I think, you know, coming back, what do we say, like July or so, you know, kind of middle of the year, having a stud like that come back. And I mean, obviously, hopefully he can pitch well, but I think it will give them great life, you know, as they continue to go in the summer. And hopefully at that point, they're continuing to play well and he can just continue to, you know, come and really give them good energy as they try to, you know, make a run at it. So I think it'll definitely be huge for them. Yeah, I think people don't remember that when Sale's healthy, he's been the best pitcher in baseball, even above DeGrom. Yeah. So they're discounting that a lot. I know Yankees fans on Twitter and Instagram are just saying, oh, no, it's Chris Sale. It doesn't matter. Yet he's been the best pitcher in baseball over the past two years when healthy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. there's that. 
Um, speaking of Devers and the Red Sox and Giants and all those guys, Acuna and Tatis, all-star game voting is open. Um, you got to think it's going to be a, probably Devers and Bogarts from the Red Sox for sure. Martinez and Otani is going to be interesting, I think. I think it should be Martinez, but Otani has that star power, so you wonder maybe it would be cool if they start him in right, then have him come pitch, then have him DH. Be crazy, but I love it. Yeah, Never definitely a, like a marketing tactic could be involved in there for the MLB when you got a guy like Otani, one of the most yeah. diverse players I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, he, that's what the MLB's got to do. So I think they're going to try and make that work somehow. Yeah, Griffey's got to step in and advise uh, Manfred on what to do for that one. For sure. <laughs> um, talked about the league pushing down. Um, I, I think that's all for the MLB. It was, it was kind of a crazy week, but it wasn't that many headlines. It was just like two main headlines that just became huge things. Yeah. But otherwise, it was relatively normal week in the MLB. Mm-hmm. You also saw the uh, the Cardinals or the Dodgers putting up 11 runs in the first inning on the Cardinals earlier this yeah, week. Yeah, that was that was brutal. Yeah, I think I saw something. I forget who was pitching for the Cardinals that uh, that day. Martinez. Martinez, Martinez yeah, his career ERA raised by like 0.11 just from that inning alone. Yeah, I mean, he got like one out. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's the, the broadcast said the Dodgers only have only done that. They've never scored 11. I feel like they do that every month. Like they put up some big spot in the first inning yeah. every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bellinger had, I think, had a grand slam, too, in that inning. He had, like, six ribbies, maybe. Yeah. In the first inning. It's just a joke. <laughs> I mean, the Dodgers are healthy. That's scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still third in the NL West, though, so. Yeah. So, yeah. See you, Dodgers. Although, I found Padres fans are much more annoying, which I never thought that would be the case. Kind of see him come out of, uh, come out of hiding after they get good. Padres fans um anyway uh in high school our high school is very rose high school in Westwood Massachusetts they won the Catholic conference um going nine and one on the year only 10 games I know I think they play 11 though they play tomorrow on uh, Monday too but um they'll most likely be the number one seed in the upcoming state tournament for some reason they're not doing the super eight they're doing 28 teams instead don't understand why that's happening but they got a chance to win it all I'd say yeah, they've been great. You know, they've had a great year. Um, a bunch, I mean, a ton of seniors on the team. Um, you know, we got Matt Brinker at catcher, um, you know, who had that huge, that big grand slam against yeah. CM. Um, a little shout out to Rushmore Films for that wonderful video of him um, with that. But, um, but yeah, I think they're definitely a threat. I think they have good pitching. They have bats. I think, you know, if they can just continue, if they can put it all together at the right time, I think they'll be right there in the end. Yeah. Cedrone coming oh. back is big. That is huge for them. Yeah, and this is a team that's rattled off now six straight wins. They're coming in hot to the tournament, like what uh, like what Breezy said. I mean, they can they can do it all. They can do it with the bats. They can do it on the mound. So that's what you want. They've got every you know aspect of what you expect out of a championship team. It's a team that can make definitely make a run. I think so too. Yeah, it's gonna be should be. A- interesting because they've never had that big of a state tournament before it's always been just eight teams so you wonder how it's gonna go upsets maybe i don't know i don't really know how that's working i mean again i think postseason baseball you throw everything out the you know you don't who cares anymore that you want to cap um you know you just they got to put it together at the right time and i think they can um but i mean there's a lot of good teams you know throughout 
you know, quality, some good public schools, Franklin, um, you know, having strong seasons. Um, I think Wellesley too has had a great year, um, you know, in terms of the D1 level. Um, but yeah, I think if they just put it all together at the right time, I think they can definitely make a run at the uh, championship. Yeah, I agree. Um, any, any ending thoughts? I don't think so. Have anything else got, for you? No. I ain't got too much to say, but thank you very much, Colby, for having us on today. Yeah. Last. It was fun. Glad we yeah, could. We'll, glad Bordeaux and I could take a part of it. And if UConn wins the regional, we'll have you guys back next week too. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Wait. Um, anyway, <laughs> thanks guys for listening. Uh, remember to reach out on uh, Instagram at Beyond the Diamond Podcast and tweet us at Beyond the uh, Diapod on Twitter. Anyway, see you next time on Beyond the Diamond. Thanks, guys.